A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Could we get live wrestling crowds back by June? Florida seems to think so. We'll talk about that in a sec. Plus, a released WWE superstar is going old school. You know it. For Thursday, April the 30th, 2020, this is your Cultaholic Wrestling News. soon until we hear that again no no not not john cena's theme music i mean the roar of the crowd well wwe shows could possibly have some live attendance in sooner rather than later if the governor of florida ron DeSantis, has something to say about it he was giving a press conference yesterday where he was talking about uh, bringing fans back to sporting events and discussing baseball golf the UFC, and of course, professional wrestling. I wanted the, the wrestling to be filmed in Orlando. Uh, I'd like them to do WrestleMania. They were going to do WrestleMania in April. That was hundreds of millions of dollars. I want to keep that good relationship. I want them to invest in Florida. We got UFC to come to Jacksonville. Again, there's not going to be any fans, but I think those are going to be a good event for people. Uh, I work with Phil Mickelson on making sure they have what they need for, for that Tiger Woods match. So there's going to be a lot of good stuff going on, but I don't think we're probably ready to have fans. But I do think if the trends are good, I think as you get into uh, June, July, I think there is a window to have, to have some fans. You're not going to have everyone packed in but man, in 90 degree weather in the state of Florida, if you're out there and someone's 10 feet away from you and you want to watch, uh, watch a ball game or something, you may be able to do that. So this is something that we're just going to have to do. We're going to be driven by the facts, driven by the data. But I think that Major League Baseball coming back, I, I'm hearing this, I think that that's going to be exciting for a lot of people. And I just think that there's going to be a lot of possibilities. So let's just be resourceful and creative. Words of Ron DeSantis there, the governor of Florida. There is certainly a vested interest in bringing wrestling fans back to the arenas. Obviously, as Ron DeSantis said there, uh, Florida was going to get WrestleMania this year. That didn't happen, but they're keen to keep the relationship going. Of course, WWE's Performance Center and Full Sail University, the home of NXT, both in Florida as well. So uh, it brings a lot of economy to Florida, having the wrestling based out of there as well. Uh, so a lot of a lot riding on sort of the wrestling relationship with Florida, in particular WWE's relationship with Florida. One we're going to keep an eye on here at Cultaholic. On the subject of live wrestling without a crowd, that is, AEW have confirmed that next week they will be back live. Uh, Chris Jericho was speaking to Newsweek about AEW's return to live tapings 
from next week. And Jericho's really positive about it. He says, I think everybody kind of wants to get back to work. We're trying to start slowly and integrate back into life. And I think it's perfect. Obviously, we'll take precautions and all that sort of stuff. But it's time to get back on track. And I am looking forward to it. Chris Jericho, very confident in getting back to work next week. And there's a lot of controversy on whether or not any of these companies should be doing anything live at the moment. Uh, WWE came under a lot of fire when they said they're going to be doing every single show live. Uh, then they went back on that a little bit by saying that, okay, we're going to meet on a Monday. We're going to tape a week's worth of stuff every Monday and go from there. And, uh, and now AEW going back live once a week as well. I'm sure the same conversations will be had uh, with AEW, whether or not it's the right thing for them to go back to doing live shows. Why not just get another month in the can and go from there? But it's quite a crucial month for AEW. Not that anything is more crucial than surviving a pandemic, obviously. But in terms of what they're doing, this is the, the month of double or nothing. This is meant to be their big anniversary pay-per-view in Vegas. Not happening the way they want it to now. But they've got uh, three or four weeks of TV to fill in the run-up to Double or Nothing. So they're just going to get back into it at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, which is where these shows will be emanating from. Incidentally, the last four weeks of AEW television, uh, the shows that were taped in Georgia, a fun fact about these stories, this comes from Mike Johnson of PW Insider, who says the shows taped in Georgia were all written by AEW president Tony Khan. The word making the rounds is that Khan, realizing he was going to have a very small crew due to shut-in rulings around the country, sat down and wrote the last four weeks of TV on the fly at once by himself in a matter of minutes, built around the TNT Championship tournament and the local talent that was available. It was very much a trial-by-fire moment where Khan and his crew had to quickly pivot and come up with something that could work to further company storylines and utilize reduced resources in terms of crew and talent. We're told that Cody was very instrumental in helping put things together as Khan's right hand, but has been very hands-on with not only his own programs, but with helping others. Chris Jericho has also gotten a ton of praise for his work on commentary, which he did off the top of his head with less than 24 hours notice that he needed to do be in the role. And with putting together the vignettes as well for the inner circle. Those are the words of Mike Johnson from PW Insider. Tony Khan wrote Dynamite for the last four weeks. Four weeks of really enjoyable television built around a very simple pre premise of a tournament. If in doubt, you write about a tournament, don't you? Anybody who's played EWR, like I have most of my 20s, uh, will know that if in doubt, book a tournament. Always works. Uh, AEW Graded will be on the Cultaholic YouTube channel a bit later on today. Jack the Jobber is along and he'll tell you everything that went down on Dynamite last night. And Ross will be here with the AEWTF moments as well. Next week's Dynamite shaping up to be a good one. First one out of Jacksonville, Florida for a while. Daly's Place is back up and running, and we're on the road to double or nothing. Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy going to face Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara in a street fight next week. And John Moxley faces Frankie Kazarian in a non-title match. Uh, very much hyped for next week is the return of MJF, uh, who I believe had a broken finger and has been off TV for quite some time milking that. It's been wonderful to watch some of the videos that he has sent out 
uh, whilst he recovers from this near career-threatening injury. MJF is good stuff. He'll be back on TV next week. NXT next week, meanwhile, they are really loading up this show. Velveteen Dream uh, going to face Adam Cole for the NXT Championship in the main event. Also, Charlotte Flair is going to defend the NXT Women's Championship against Io Shirai. Actually, either of those could be the last match on next week. We'll see Johnny Gargano and Dominic Dijakovic for the first time ever. Karrion Cross and Scarlett will officially arrive in NXT. And Finn Balor is going to call out the person who attacked him last week. Big show from NXT next week. How was this week's show? I'm glad you asked. Find out later on the Cultaholic YouTube channel where you and I sit down and do NXT graded. Back to AEW, during a recent Instagram Q&A, Cody was asked about whether or not AEW would bring in Heath Slater. Slater, who was released two weeks ago from the WWE after a mass amount of layoffs. And the answer to that question, quite simply, is nope. No on Heath Slater. Fine. Poor Heath Slater. Uh, Slater was actually on Busted Open Radio last night and was asked what he wants to do next. Obviously, he threw in AEW, he also threw in Impact, he threw in quite a few other places he'd like to work. But the overall comment was this. I want to be one of those territory hoppers because I've never been anywhere else ever. I got signed at the age of 23. I was on the indies for a year and a half. Then it was developmental from Deep South, from FCW to NXT to WWE. I've never been outside of those walls. I feel like a peacock that can fly. I just want to work, go and have a good time doing it. You saw on Dynamite last night, Sean Spears beating Baron Black with the sharpshooter. Busted out an old heart special. Sean Spears took to Twitter to discuss this and said, for those commenting, a while back, I sent a text to Bret Hart asking a question. He told me, go for it, it works. Tonight, as Chris Jericho mentioned, I paid tribute to a Canadian icon by winning via the sharpshooter. It just makes sense. Mine now, hashtag love you, Brett. It's a move that suits Sean Spears. Rey Mysterio was on the bump on Wednesday. He was talking about the possibility of putting his mask on the line in WWE. And he said, if the opportunity came about, I would jump in a heartbeat. I think that's what makes Lucha Libre exciting. It's the case of, and it's the case of to bring Lucha Libre to WWE and show the WWE Universe the excitement behind the mask versus hair match or the mask versus title match. Put your heart out there in those matches you do. I would actually love to jump in the ring one of these days before I retire and put my mask on the line against something that is well worth it. Ray's previously put his mask on the line uh, in WCW when he, uh, he teamed with Conan and he lost to the Outsiders and they took his mask off and it was a frustrating time for all involved because like one of Raymond's one of the highest selling bits of merchandise for WCW was Ray Mysterio's mask so you take the mask off him so nobody wants to wear Ray Mysterio mask anymore that's the theory I'd like to see I would like to see Ray put the mask on the line in WWE at some point <laughs> Long Island Story is the most entertaining show 
Finally, Matt Cardona, the artist formerly known as Zack Ryder, is rolling back the years. The return of the internet championship is imminent. So, two factors in this that point to this direction. Number one, he recently filed a trademark for the term internet championship. Nice. And two, uh, he took to Twitter and posted a little teaser of what looks like a newly minted internet championship title tagging wildcat belts who i believe are the people that made the first internet championship as well uh, i was doing some digging about the internet championship held by zach Ryder. i found a wwe.com interview from 2011 where they ask him uh, about the lineage of the internet championship and how he came to win it. Zat Ryder says the following. The 64-man tournament was actually held in Merrick, New York. That's where I grew up. A lot of people wanted to be the first internet champion, but I used all my tools, the broski boots, the Zack attacks, the Rough Riders, to make it all the way to the finals of the tournament and win it. There were guys like Spiral, Sky, G-Money, and Geronimo. Just insane. Some of the toughest competitors to ever step foot in the ring. My broski, the big O, lost really quick due to his injury. He won in the first round. He tweaked his knee and couldn't compete in the next round. Desperado was supposed to face big O and got a bye, but I ended up beating him. And then at the end, they put, editor's note, named tournament competitors could not be reached for comment. <laughs> Long live the prestigious internet championship over the shoulder of Matt Cardona, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Zack Ryder. That will do it for your Cultaholic Wrestling news for today. On the podcast feed right now, if you missed it yesterday, a brand new episode of Desert Island Graps featuring Ring of Honor's Beer City Bruiser. We spoke for an hour and we talked all about his training with Harley Race. We talked about the spot that he did uh, on WWE TV on Raw in 2004. If you're an old school wrestling historian like I am, you will remember this being a thing. We talked about loads of other stuff as well. Loved my chat with the Beer City Bruiser. You can hear it on the podcast feed right about now. And on the Cultaholic YouTube channel right now, uh, you can check out every 2019 pay-per-view ranked from worst to best. I feel like there's going to be arguments over this once it's all said and done. Feel free to leave your thoughts on that in the comments on the video. Be nice. It's, it's easy. It's easy to be nice. It's much easier to be nice than it is to be a dick. Just putting that out there for future reference. I will speak to you tomorrow. Don't forget to join us. Love you, bye. 
for all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes. Search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 